Hello, welcome back. We have a double episode today. Uh, so this is episode 10 of the She Invest podcast. I am your host, Allie Fugit. And I'm Carrie Douglas. And we are She Invest. Uh, today, uh, we have another very special guest. Um, she is coming from uh, the contracting world. Um, she actually works directly with Carrie on her current project. And so, yes, yeah, she. Uh, her name is, uh, well, I'll let Carrie introduce her, but uh, she's got some really great stuff to share with us um, about the um, great progress that she's made in a male-dominated industry with contracting. And so we're super excited to hear her story and all the wealth of knowledge she has to share with us. So take it away, Carrie. Yes. So as a successful female investor in the real estate industry, Mari's drive comes from not only the success of her business, but the success of others around her. Overcoming obstacles has been a test of her determination, focus, and willingness to take risks. Despite this, she has persevered and has been able to stay prosperous in this field. She understands that taking risks and investing in real estate is not without its challenges. Despite the obstacles that come with entering a male-dominated industry, she's driven to make a dream of becoming an investor a reality. With courage, de dedication, and an incredible husband, who not only supports her goals and dreams, but also encourages while taking the journey alongside her. Mari wholeheartedly believes that real estate investing are three words that we should all be thinking of when we are looking to achieve financial freedom. Welcome, Mari. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, Mari. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Yes. So I'm going to let Allie take it away with some questions. So. Yeah. So, um, so I am so excited to hear about your story, Mari. And um, I want to know uh, how and when did you decide to get into real estate investing slash, you know, the reno resale and what came first investing or reno resale? Um, I would say reno resale. We were, um, you know, working for a lot of other investors we were, I was doing a lot of consulting of like how this could bring the biggest bang for your buck and things like that. And suddenly someone said, why don't you just do this for yourself? You're doing this for free for friends consistently and they're making so much off of you. And why don't you go into your own business? And I was like, okay, great. I never thought of that. Um, that sounds terrifying. And then, you know, we surround ourselves with like-minded people and start to make it like a norm and then just pivoting into, yeah, let's take the leap. You know, who's going to bet on us other than ourselves. So betting on myself and taking the steps of learning, getting in there, what do I need to know? What, what can like set me off really fast to kind of get my foot in the door started there. And then it went into, hold on a minute. I can now pivot into owning these properties and holding these properties. And you see so many properties out there with short-term rentals and long-term rentals that are sadly done so poorly. And it just, people pay such hard-earned money to have fun, either a short-term rental or long-term rental. And to see what product they're being given out there, it was kind of like, no, we need to game change this. So kind of pivoted into short-term rental, holding investment properties. And now towards the end of this year, we'll be pivoting more into uh, commercial properties. Awesome. Wow. That's amazing. 
Um, so you do you so now like what do you have like so far as a portfolio um, from the investing side? You know that that you're doing. Like what yeah. is holding, right? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're holding three properties right now um, for one short-term rental, two long-term rentals. Um, one we may change into a short-term rental. We'll see. Um, but there's such a demand in the area that we're at that we're kind of like, let's just dip our toes on both sides. So we have three right now. We're looking at another package actually in the area of four more units, which that is actually a few doors per unit. So that would be, um, I believe seven units total on top of the three we have. So that would be great to just kind of stay invested in the area. Um, but like I said, we're still looking to pivot into that commercial venue space with some short-term rentals above and kind of really open up the portfolio to more than just one streamlined avenue. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's a, that's a great thing to like keep in mind is your, I mean, it's all about the wealth building strategy, right? And like it being diversified makes it even better. Um, so um, how have your projects evolved since you started? So you're doing like the resale versus holding, right? Um, so tell us, like, kind of walk us through it. You said um, you were doing projects for other people and uh, obviously at no cost. Um, but so like, what did the, what were your projects looking like at that time to like, what is the more niche thing that you do now? So in the beginning, it was more listening to the client that I was or client slash friend that I was working with and what was important to them. And it would be strictly focused on what they were liking and not really jumping out of the box, just staying in that box of what they were comfortable with. And then as time progressed and it would be our own projects, it would be more like, let's take let's take a little leap of faith and let's get a little funky and put our own personality into things. Um, material wise and things like that, we always want to have it like at the very top, the best of the best, whether it's short-term rental, long-term, um, a client, personal, us as the client, we always want to keep materials up there and, and the, um, creativity up there. So as time has gotten on, I would say it's, it's probably getting a little bit more fun and funky and putting those things that we pin on Pinterest and stuff that we see on um, TV shows and stuff and starting to implement them. So like behind me, there's this weird wall of wood and I'm like, most clients would probably be like, I am not about to spend money like that on a dumb wall of wood. And I'm like, you know what, in an Airbnb, someone's going to take pictures in front of this all day long and have fun. And that's going to be out there and that'll market itself for me. And that'll pay tenfold on all these laser cut wood cutouts. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, the evolution of everything has kind of gone way more fun because on your own projects, you can have a lot more leeway and no one's going to yell at you because you did it to yourself. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the fun part of it. So, but so you feel like, do you feel if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like you feel like your projects have evolved in terms of like your creativity, right? Absolutely. So so just to clarify, like I know you had been talking about doing this for friends before, like obviously you were still making money on the contracting <laughs> side, but the consulting piece of like design is the part that you were kind of just doing for for fun, right? Because 
you've got um, you've got a, a a real estate license, and so you're getting a real estate commission for helping them buy the house. And then you've also got the contracting business where you guys are, you know, making your your money over there. And then this consulting piece in between where you're helping them see the vision of like, here's what you're buying. Here's what it could become if we get our hands on it and do the contracting for you. Like, is that the piece that that you felt has been like, you know, the part that's evolved or changed or or how is that? How does that all feel for you? Oh, definitely. It was, it, it's, I always say we're everything real estate because we're trying to be at every step of the way, buying, renovating, selling, getting that client into now thinking about their own investment properties. So opening that door. So there's, and then the design part of it. So we're trying to be, I'm trying to be everything. I always say we, cause we're a team and I, I don't like to say, I, I think that sounds so selfish. I'm trying to get over that, but um, so I always say we, but always trying to like keep everything almost like a full service kind of thing. So I'm evolving into, Hey, you know, that time that it took to do the design, to do this, to do that, to get these samples, to really put out like a, a beautiful layout or plan for someone. It's like, you know, people get paid to do that. And I do that for free all day, every day for people. This is, maybe I should start listening to what everybody else is saying to me and kind of jump into it. So it was nice because it involved, it involved our business more into a full service package where it didn't feel like you're giving so much. And at the end of the day, you're like, ouch, that was, that was yeah. a lot of time. And we're kind of losing a little bit of money there in that aspect. Yeah. You know, I, I constantly hear like, in like the entrepreneurial world, like, that when you're doing a business, like you have to like think of it like a wheel, right? And like, no matter where it's turning, you should be able to offer something, uh, you know, as like your perspective, like clientele for we in your business, you should be able to fill those needs and they should basically never have to leave you because and, and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, right? Um, you should You should continually have that branch to answer the needs of the people within the wheelhouse that you're actually, actually doing. So, um, so I, I love that because like, that's constantly like what my husband and I, our conversation is like, we notice that this is a problem. And it's so, like, what's the next step for us to venture into that, to solve that problem and add that to our wheelhouse. Love that. Yeah. I love, I love the circle thing. Cause I a hundred percent agree. Like that's a perfect way of putting it because it doesn't stop after they buy it or after they sell it or after, there's a, just a cut. And then it's a perfect way of putting it because yeah, it's, what, they're always going to be looking for a solution because there's always going to be a question or a problem. So to be able to yeah. fill in that blank, that's perfectly said. I love right. that. Right. And like, well, within our business, right. Like this, like with the real estate side, it's like you like, again, like you said, like there's, it's never ending because even if they do sell, they're going to want to purchase or reinvest. And like, if you can either have the options for them to purchase or reinvest, then they're still on your will, but then they stay on your will because like, you know, essentially the whole part of like the marketing piece is like, you're going to continue to market to them. Even if they're not currently in that phase, they're probably, they're still floating in your wheel because they're ultimately going to be in that phase again. Right. So, um, so I think that's why I like it is because like, once you get somebody in the goal is like to keep them there and they're never leaving that wheel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfectly said. So I have a question too. So you currently are holding three properties, but you've held others in the past before that you've since liquidated, right? Yep. Okay. 
what do you feel like the pros and cons are to renovate resale versus renovate and hold? And how do you know when you're going to hold versus when you're going to resell? Um, good question. So before this, we were totally, um, renovating and reselling. I love that you say renovate and resell and not flipping. Cause you know, I think that's such a naughty word. Like that word has become so dirty. That's like my, the new F word in our house. Like you don't say that F word. I love that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's more like, is this going to fit the need of what we're looking for right now? So in the past we've done, um, renovations, resales, and with the goal in mind that the profit we're going to take from here is going to then um, pay for this larger project we're looking to fund or hold or invest in. So mm -hmm. there's kind of that dynamic that goes on. And then what is the need at the moment? Right now with the properties that we had, we were seeing a lot of people in the certain area we're investing in paying crazy money for a terrible product for a rental, whether it was short-term or long-term. So that need was kind of speaking louder than everything else. And it was like, this is what we need to do right now. We're still kind of in that moment where it's like, this is still a big demand in this area. So do we stay in this space of the, of holding for the short-term and the long-term renters? Um, because we're very, I'm a very, uh, what's the word, emotional person when it comes to that. I, it's easy to, you know, to be all about, you know, the money and the dollars and when it comes and everything. But everything I like to do has to have a greater purpose. So if it's helping out people in a community that need this type of housing, but it's solid and it's quality and it's safety for them and their family, wonderful. If it's something where, okay, we can get in this area and resell it we're going to make a great profit because we can then go over here and and fulfill a better purpose over here then cool so emotion plays on it a little bit but definitely what is the demand and the need at that time okay kind of so, if I'm hearing you, so if i'm hearing you right it sounds like when you're deciding after your renovation you're deciding whether to hold it or resale it you're almost letting the market kind of speak to you like what's needed in this marketplace right now and if there's a huge demand, then then we might hold it and and offer a quality product to a renter. Is that right? Totally. 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 Okay. We let the market talk. It's also kind of like power plays. So like the student area we're in right now, it's a little bit of a power play where we got in very, very, very low. We stay very involved in the communities that we're investing in so that we know down the road what's going on what does this investment look like is it a time to pull out now or is there some amazing uh projects that are going to come in that are going to leave us in a really great position to stay or sell things like that so it's it's kind of like 10 different little voices all at the same time and it just is who's speaking louder is it the market is it the long hold is this just um emotional it's it's kind of like there's 10 different voices at the table and we all have a conversation to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I love that you brought up like the gentrification of a community and how uh, uh, Ellie was going to go there. I'll let her go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, well, I was just going to say that I, I love that you brought that up because I think that 
there are a lot of investors that buy based on the value that they can get in at, right? And ultimately they're just looking at the sell later or like parking money and they don't get involved in the community. They don't look at what's going on. They're not like really analyzing the market for what it is, what it can be, what it's going through. And so like, I, I love that you talked about the gentrification process and like being involved, staying involved and like being like, you know, it, because like I spoke on the last podcast we had, like, <clears throat> not that you have to be emotionally attached to the property, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> but it's being emotionally attached to the project, to the purpose. And so like, I love that you, that you stated that because I think like that, that like speaks to me so much. And the fact again, that you're looking at what the people need there. And um, a lot of investors, they're not looking at that. They're looking at um, again, what is it going to be in reflection for them? Not, and which ultimately, like, don't get me wrong, is the goal, right? But like, I think that there's a lot to speak to the way that you are viewing it. That um, it's what you're putting into it, and ultimately, that's going to be what that comes back, right? Um, an extra value in so many ways. Well, and it's 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 looking at number one, <laughs> you know how how does how do I stay focused on not only making dollars, but leaving a positive footprint on this community, but then also how does what other people are doing in this community, how do the other projects that are coming in after me help my property value? I think that's so important that you brought that up, Mari. Like if you know, and you're staying connected and you, it's on your radar that like, oh yeah, a big development's coming in here and here and here. And there's going to be a lot more people moving to the area because of X. Well, now that might be a time to hold, right? So it's totally. so great that you're keeping, you know, a pulse on the community that way. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Plus we believe in, I believe in karma. So I'm kind of like when you put good energy out there, it's going to come back to you. And it kind of helps definitely with having that footprint and knowing, letting the community kind of know, hey, they're not going to do this or this is how they work and things like that. It helps tremendously with leads for the next projects ahead of time. So it's it just back to the circle. It comes so full circle with just doing the right thing as best as you can. And everything else kind of follows it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, like for me again, like um, because that's like a big part of the project that we're going through right now, too, is being so involved. But I can't tell you the value that has come back from from doing that. And like. I don't even feel like I've added, a, you know, in the stage of the process that we're in, I don't feel like I've added a ton of value other than like joining certain groups out there and, um, you know, making connections, meeting all these business owners and everything. But the value that has come back to us because like the businesses are coming to us and they're like they are painting murals on the side of our building, which is going to help them. But it's helping us because now I don't have to fund to paint three sides of my building, you know, and like, but the value that it's going to add to them because of their new businesses for this gentrification, which ultimately draws people in for me. And um, so, you know, again, like without being selfish about it, it is the karma thing. It's just like, I'm just going to put good vibes out there. I'm going to send these people the connections that they need and be that sounding board and, you know, whatever community group it is for them to, brainstorm and hopefully that comes back so totally yeah um so how do you think that this journey of real estate investing and 
your reno resale like how has all that uh, affected your life um you know through this journey um it's it definitely adds gray hair that's for sure um but it is nothing but positive even in the negatives it's like okay it's a negative but it's a learning process so every single negative situation that happens or something that didn't quite go our way it's a way of learning so it makes me stronger mentally emotionally sometimes physically extra hard work um but character wise definitely build us up um with opening doors that probably we never would had opened before working for someone and just kind of staying under the thumb of someone else um that has been amazing because showing my children like life is short try it if you have a passion project try it what's the worst thing that can happen it just doesn't work out or it opens a different door to a different avenue so that's been amazing to kind of show them that you know hey i'm five foot three little chick walking into these vendors and walking into these contracting shows and don't let the makeup fool you. I'm right there getting dirty and figuring stuff out and crawling into filthy spaces and, you know, doing what I can to build alongside the guys and knowing what I'm talking about and educating myself and, and things like that. So I love it um, for our daughters to see. So that part is amazing. And also for our son to see that, you know, anybody can do anything. It's not limited. Um, so that's been a great part, leaving them a legacy of, hopefully, well, all our entrepreneurial skills, but also just the businesses and just the drive. Even if they don't do anything that I choose to do construction-wise, investing-wise, whatever, um, just knowing that you can do it. You just do it. What? Who's telling you no? Who's stopping you? Just do it. Just try it. Um, and then also, like I said, karma and full circle, love giving back um, because it's just it's just good energy. And I think that's probably the most fulfilling, either giving back to friends and colleagues that may feel like they don't have support in what they're doing, or they don't have a sounding board or something like that. Just being able to give back that route. And then also into communities and things like that, where it's like, these areas have helped me when I was a kid or when I was younger or as a young adult. And man, if they only knew like that little seed they plant goes into so many different avenues, fantastic. So there's just so many different avenues where something so small as to take a leap into investing in yourself that it just left and right just opens a new door, opens a new idea. Um, sometimes not even knowing that people are watching. Like I always tell my children for social media, like everyone's watching. So watch what you do on social media, but then follow your own advice because you don't think actually everybody's watching when you get up every day and you go to build this or you see a terrible property, which is my favorite. And then imagining like the most beautiful and putting all the, you don't think somebody's watching and then a neighbor will pop by or like a random Facebook message will be like, Hey, I love what you did with so-and-so, or could we meet for coffee? Cause we're looking to do something like this too. And it's like, 
what you saw that like i thought that was just me as a dork you know doing something weird in the background and that's crazy it's crazy so, yeah i think sometimes we underestimate that like yeah big time like the impact that yes. that can have i i i her have heard you in the past talk about um you know saying to your kids that like even if it's not investing or contracting if there's something that you're passionate about do it for yourself in your own business instead of someone else's business right because when you're working for someone, you're helping build their dream and their company. And I mean, there are always times when it's great to be an employee. That's a great thing to do, you know, at certain times in life. But I love how you're encouraging your kids to, to try to go into business for themselves and try it. That's really cool. Definitely. And, and I do have a, like a follow-up question with, um, with it. Like what, so, how has it impacted your life financially? So like, what did you do before you guys got into this? And like, did your husband do something different or like, has this been able to like give you guys any type of financial freedom by pursuing this route over what you were previously doing or yeah. Like what, what does that look like? Oh yeah. Like exponentially. Um, before I was working for, um, a local investor and, Basically, I was at an hourly wage doing everything I do now, making him profits like I do now. And it was bananas because at that time I wasn't a realtor. I wasn't in the con contracting business. I wasn't in any of that stuff, but just researching, learning, everything like that, and just guiding them into their projects. And then seeing the checks come in and seeing the work that was done. And it was like, great work. Huh? it wasn't great work. <laughs> no, it was like, what? Someone bought this like shame on them. I'm calling them right now, but I'd be like, okay. So it was very, very different, very different before it was like both of us working an hourly wage. He was working for a roofing company um, that was opening doors to a lot of big commercial companies and buildings and stuff like that downtown. Fantastic. But we were bo both working hourly, filling the pockets of so many people. And it was kind of like, why aren't we doing this for ourselves? I would like to go, you know, have those impromptu vacations with the kids or have those moments of, I want this really silly car or, you know, something like that. Or, or honestly, the, the biggest thing, and I grew up very, grew up very poor. And so my biggest thing has always been, I want to go to the grocery store and fill up the cart and not look at a price tag and just buy it. Cause I want it. And I, that's it. And so that was like our first thing where it was like, I don't know what the price is. Was it on sale? Don't know if I have a coupon. Oh, well, it's delicious. And I bought it. And so that was, that was our biggest thing. Like the silliest things like that um, really, really kept the enticement of if we take these steps, we can do those things. If we take these steps, I'm not concerned about juggling an insurance payment and a car payment and oh, God forbid a, kid, a child gets sick or something. So that knowing that that was a possibility, which as kids, we don't get taught that. You just get taught, you know, A plus B equals C. You never really get taught to think outside the box. Um, so that was just like undoing years of teachings 
to understand like you can do this. And especially as a girl, you super duper don't get taught that. So that was really like, okay, we're just going to step out into the light and do it. And if it doesn't work, okay, God has a different choice. God has a different path. All right. Uh, I hear you loud and clear. We're just going to take a different doorway and go that route. And thus far, it's been working out really well. And so it's shown myself that that was the right path. And, and other paths as we're continually learning and growing and, and things like that are um, just showing like, hey, take a leap of faith. Um, not only financially is it going to pay off, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all that fun stuff, it's going to have some bumps and bruises on the way a hundred percent, but, um, but the payoff is awesome. And having that financial freedom of, Hey, we want to get into this space or a venue or something like that. Can we do that is, is now doable. And that's bananas because most people are like, what did you win the lottery? Did you this? And it's like, no, I listened. I stopped and I listened and I soaked it in and I took a minute to see, can I do this? Am I, am I dedicated? Am I strong enough? Am I willing to take the bumps and the bruises along with the benefits? And thankfully thus far, it's been doing good. It's been doing good. <laughs> can we, can we just go back for a minute? Because I just, um, you just like, brought in something that a lot of people won't talk about that they won't admit and I don't want to downplay it. And is that you said that like your thing was, I want to go to the grocery store and not look at the tag. I don't even want and to. And she goes to the like. fanciest grocery store. Now. <laughs> I don't yeah, even I do it. It. I do. I'm not ashamed yeah. to mention it. I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, I don't want to downplay that because like coming from a similar background from um, parents that were always on a budget, um, that, you know, like we had to, we go, we went through the store with a calculator and if it didn't fit within that budget for, or we didn't have a coupon, then we couldn't get it. And, um, and growing up and it's not even like, I don't feel like I, I sometimes don't like to use the word, like that's what we're taught or, or, or whatever. It's, that's what was modeled, right? It's because it wasn't. Yes, right. And so, like, um, it, it's the that environment that you're in, and uh, to break those paradigms and to come into your own is, you know, it's so freeing. And so, I just didn't want to downplay that because I, I honestly, that was one of our first goals. My husband and I was because we came from that similar background um, from both of our parents and. Of course, when we moved out, we were like we were 17 and we were very much like looking at every price tag. Right. And I said, you know what? Like when we had our first baby, we were still in a rut. And I was like, one day my first goal is I just want to buy groceries and not have to worry about it. I don't I don't want to have to worry about there's enough money there or whatever. So don't like. I just want to not downplay that because there's probably so many people that are going to be listening to this when it airs that have been there, are there. And like, especially as a woman and a mom, that is, that's huge. And the first thing I think that is a lot of people's goals that we don't talk about that almost like some people are ashamed to mention. So like, thank you for bringing that to the table. And like, just because I, I relate a hundred percent, like that was, 
like looking back on my journey, like that was probably one of my first like financial freedom goals to say, oh, I, and I remember the first time I did it. And, and so, so thank you. Like, um, I just didn't want to downplay that moment for you or for anybody else. Like if that's your goal, let it speak to you and be your goal. Like, and that's okay because that's the first step on a wealth building journey. For sure. Yeah. For so, sure. Yeah. People think it's like, oh my God, you, you bought a property. Well, you must be rich or, oh my God, did you like <laughs> buy a, a diamond ring? And did you buy a super expensive purse? And did you do all this stuff? And it's like, no, I was excited to like go replenish all my socks. And I was excited to go to the grocery store and guess what? I bought some new plants for the front of the house. And like all those silly frivolous things that people are like, what? It's like, yeah, all those like things that I think like the media draws up that automatically you think you're going to get a gold chain and you're going to like jet set around the world. It's like, let's bring it back to reality. I'm excited for these things. And those other things will totally happen, have happened, are great too. But sometimes I'm kind of like people, people get blinded by TV and it's like, really? Sometimes people just want to get into investing because they just want to take a breath from the financial stress of every single day. They don't want to buy an airplane and they don't want to go to Maui every single month. Their focus is on something so much more down here. And yet, continuing what they're doing, they're going to do this and have fun over here without guilt and vacations and stuff. But sometimes it's just those small goals where it's like, man, from here, I don't care what happens. Like I made this goal, right. could care less about the rest. Right. Right. The rest is just going to figure itself out and, yeah. and it's going to come. But yeah, I, I just I love that and I relate to that so much. Um, so talk to us a little bit about like just kind of switching gears. Um, what is it like working with your spouse in a predominantly male environment? Um, I will say in all honesty, and he's not here, so, <laughs> so it's fine. Um, honestly, he is my best friend. So I must have sold my soul to the devil somewhere down the line um, because we have so much fun. And everybody kept saying, this is going to be a terrible idea. You guys are going to get divorced. Um, this is not going to work out. It's too much. You and him don't do it. And of course, in my back of my head, I'm like, oh my God, I've just sabotaged our marriage. This is going to be awful. And it, because we are each other's best friend, it, it's fun. But we do have our moments where it's like, okay, I'm taking off wife hat and I'm business partner and this is a terrible idea and we shouldn't do this or we should do that or whatever. And it's no different than any other business partner um, where, yeah, we'll have disagreements and things like that. But we I mean, knowing that we have the common goal, we just figure it out. I think sometimes it's easier and people think I'm crazy for saying it. I sometimes think it's easier having my husband as a business partner because we have the same goal. I know his goal is the same as mine. And I know he's not going to sell his shares and look for some outsider way to get out of the deal and leave me in a lurch. So to myself, and I know he feels the same way. 
it's like we both have the same goals. So at the end of the day, we want to be profitable. At the end of the day, we want to feel good about what we're doing. Um, and we want to have a great product because no matter what billboard or commercial or post we're on, your work speaks for itself. Your work is going to tell exactly the kind of person you are. How you do anything is how you do everything is one of our favorite quotes. Um, and so with a couple little like tips here or there, we'll totally have because you're talking money, you're talking time, you're talking physical labor. We do majority of all the work, um, if not all of it sometimes, depending on the project and if we need to have extra hands on site. So it's a lot and it can be very tedious, but it's sometimes reminding each other, like we're on the same team with the same goal in mind. I'm not doing anything, making any choices that are, you know, just purely selfish. It's all for the greater good and vice versa. Um, that helps tremendously. It is very smart that we work on big projects because if I'm crabby or he's crabby, we can just kind of go our separate floors and then reconvene at lunchtime and, and be back in love for that moment. So no studio, no studio, no tiny apartments to renovate. No, not a pro no. Part. <laughs> no, right now yeah. he's actually, uh, we were asked to renovate uh, a condo downtown and I'm like, I'll check in here and there, but it's real small in there. And there's enough of our workers in there that I'll pop in. That's it. Bring lunch, do the cute thing. And out I go and work at our home office or like right now on a different job site. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have uh, two things I want to, I want to ask you about this. So the first thing is um, I'm sure that like, I'd love to talk about just like for a second, what has the growth looked like between you and your husband during this process? So like in the beginning, um, do you think you guys jived as well when you started or like, do you think there's been like exponential growth and um, you know, what, what does that look like? Um, I would say in the beginning, I wasn't so hands-on on the job site. I would be more um, doing the design, doing the plan, ordering everything from our home office, and then maybe popping by here or there. And I would say as time has gone on, I've become more daily or every other day on job site all day, picking up the material, helping if I can install or helping with some part of the project that I'm able to and doing the design and becoming even more saturated into the project. And I feel like it's actually grown and helped us as business partners and as um, husband and wife, because I think when we merged like that more so, he felt more support from me. I felt more support from him. I was able to see more like how much he's doing and being able to um, value that more as opposed to maybe before I'm like, hey, you know, our whole crew is there and I know they're helping out and blah, blah, blah. And, and just seeing how much he's putting into it. And then also on the up opposite side, when I'm not there and he sees the difference of, you know, wow, like I'm calling her 50 times a day because I'm getting her input on this. I'm getting her advice. I want to see what her design was for this you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. So I actually, shockingly, um, we've taken it to a point where we're, 
working more and more closer together and it's actually grown us more in marriage and business partner because we realize we really enjoy having each other's support. We need it, of course, but I feel like it's really brought us to closer together and maybe those moments where we take each other for granted, not realizing how much work the other person is doing, it's sometimes a nice little reminder, like, holy cow, if that person didn't do that, what would I be doing right now? This would be 10 times the workload on myself or vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree because like my husband and I are like very similar in the same situation, uh, background and everything that you guys are doing. So um, I would uh, like to like follow up one thing is what do you think that you bring to the table, um, you know, in terms of at being a woman contractor? So like, what do you, how do you think that shines out? And like, you know, do you think there's pros or what pros do you think? Cause I know there are, what pros do you think you bring to the table with, you know, with, with being a woman contractor in a predominantly male field? Um, I would say, well, women are awesome, obviously. So that's a given, but, um, I think it actually brings trust, um, to every meeting and appointment that we have. And I say that because I remember going to, um, a couple of years ago, I went to a um, trade show and they were saying the top three um, trades in the United States that are least trusted are lawyers, mechanics and contractors. And I was like devastated. I couldn't believe that my husband and I were like, oh, my God, like we have to change the face of this. And so when we go to appointments, um, for bids and stuff like that. And we only work on referrals. So that's awesome. Cause then we know like, who are you friends with? Where did this come from? What work did you see of ours? That's awesome. But I think it creates almost like an ease and a comfort and a trust because we're a team. Um, they have two people on hand. They kind of see us how we are in our element as the yin and the yang. And he might look at it this way, but then they see me and I'm looking at it like this way. And I think especially, I would say 99% of our clientele is there's a female part in it, either as a couple doing the renovation or as just a female doing the renovation. And so I think it brings a little bit of a sense of ease. And it brings a feeling of being heard um, when they want to do something, their design, their thoughts. Um, I just think it brings like a little bit of a comfort to know that it's not, you know, a, a male coming in telling you your idea is stupid or that color's dumb or not adding input. Not that that wouldn't happen, but I think it's just different. I think there's a difference in listening and um and taking that time with the design and hearing what they're really saying, what they're really saying is important um, because we'll be in the same meeting. And sometimes I'm like, oh, no, that's th this is not at all what she was thinking. She was saying this, but in the background, she's saying this. So we're going to go back to listening to this. So I think it's just a different I think females in, in general just have a different intuition with things in general in life. And so being there on site to hear what's really being said 
seeing the dynamics of how the person is working and, and interacting with us and, and with the space that they're looking to redo, um, I think helps because it gives them the, the security of, okay, she was listening. She took it to heart. She's making this personal. So she's going to treat this as a personal project. And of course, um, doing the design aspect, that definitely is huge because nine times out of 10, our clients are like, I have no clue what I'm supposed to look at, what I'm supposed to do. You know, can you take that time and like nurture? And so I think that also plays a massive part because there is so much nurturing. There's so much uh, patience and compassion. And I think that helps huge. Yeah, as your client, I will just echo that. <laughs> but like when when you know if if just you know the the guy contractor shows up to hear me as a woman describe my vision for what I want a space to look like, um, I sometimes wonder if they can picture it. Like, are you getting what I'm saying? And then you know the fact that you were there as well. And then we pull up Pinterest and we look together and like, Carrie, is this what you're describing? And I'm like, yes, that's what I would like this to look like. And then I can, I know that my message is getting through and we're not going to get to stage, you know, seven out of 10 in a renovation and be like, well, that wasn't really how I wanted that to look, you know, yeah. it just helped me feel like my ideas that are swimming in my brain were actually getting articulated properly to to the team, you know? And so awesome. I think that is the huge value that you add. I agree. Awesome. And I mean, it's just a softer skill set, right? Like that's what women offer, that softer sided skill set that um, is more relatable and uh, along the field. So I, I love that. Um, so what are the next steps or your future goals that you guys have set for, you know, your investing and, and wealth building? So right now, um, I say endless opportunities is what we have in mind. But right now, our goal for this year is to find a venue space. So commercially, I want to have a venue space. I want to have something with either the ability to build some short-term um, rental space above that um, just because it'll be full package. So really wanting to get into a venue before the end of the year. Um, and looking into trying to find the best way we, we, we like to give back obviously like i said um want to work with some schools to actually get contracting prod, uh, contracting or skilled trades or we're still working on like the actual meat and potatoes but basically contracting in the schools for these kids to like understand what they can do. I love the aspect. I don't want to just go straight female. I want all the kids to get into it. So if we can um, be able to like donate the time, the tools, everything like that, and have that in a couple schools or even after school programs, that's so important to me because I don't think the kids understand it. Um, my daughter, one of my youngest daughters a few months ago was in um, a Skills USA program. And it was all females building a house. And I was like, oh, oh, it's happening. Like, she's, oh, my God, she's going to take over. And it was awesome. And I was like, you know, why isn't this in every school? Why isn't this offered to everyone? Did they know they can do that? Um, so we have so many ideas right now. But 
really just kind of getting that um, that pilot program off in a couple schools um, that we know don't already do something like that is amazing. Um, we're looking to give back to our veterans by doing a renovation of a local um, veterans shelter slash um, housing um, uh, charity that they give back to their veterans all by um, food and clothing and furniture for their new homes and stuff like that. So working on that project this year as well. And then um, just continually spreading the word to all our friends to get them into investing, investing in themselves, investing in their homes, whether it's on the contracting side of, you know, this is your biggest piggy bank. We need to put a little love into this. This is what's going to pay you back is this house. So getting that out there and then also getting planting the seeds for um, investing in themselves and starting to hold properties. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love how like sometimes we talk to people and we ask like, what are your goals? And like we start talking about like, oh, I'd like to make this much money so I can replace my my W-2 job and have financial freedom, or I want to have this net worth and, and stuff. And so it's just so, so refreshing that your goals are mainly philanthropic. Like you're just a, a wonderful human and I want to hug you. So thank you. For oh, being I love here. you. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So uh, we want to be respectful of your time. So we do have one more question, but before we ask our last question, Mari, can you please tell our listeners um, where they can find you on social media, um, how they can find your business, um, all that good stuff. For sure. So I am a bit of a hermit and I will be the first to shame myself that I don't do a lot of social media. Um, I just don't shame on me, but it's not um, shame. It's not shame. <laughs> you, work, you work only on referrals and your business does great for that. Yeah. So you're yes. not really needing to leverage that as a prospecting tool. So yes, I, I love working on referrals because then I know these like their background a little bit. So I know it's just not a crazy person. I'm going to their house by myself. So, um, but yes, so Pinterest, we have at Mari Howe, 1002. Um, on Facebook, you can find us, Prime Home Improvements. Um, also, Mari Howe buys and sells real estate investments. And that's pretty much it. Like I said, we're pretty, we're pretty low key. Um, or a hundred percent on it and referrals we've always been, and it's just been our best way of doing business. Um, otherwise hit me up on she invests Facebook and yeah. I will get right back to you. Cause I'm on there every day, liking as much stuff as I can when I have a brief minute. So awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, and, and don't be ashamed of the whole referral things because humans like to work with humans. And, and I love that, that, that business model will never go out of style. So, uh, the last question that we ask everybody is what's the most exciting thing that you've done on your real estate investing journey? Um, that is super tough. Um, beyond the, the, Oh, we took this crazy vacation and, and all those things and, you know, having fun family vacations and, and treating our family to stuff like that. Um, I will just say, honestly, um, 
it's, it's really just informing everybody and like seeing everybody else get into it that maybe didn't before and just kind of, um, educating everybody and like talking about it. Cause I get the most excited and Carrie knows I could talk for hours about anything real estate or construction related um, because it's so amazing. So I think that's like my most exciting part is being able to talk about something I've done, not just talk about something I wish I would have done or should have, would have, could have, but actually have done it. And then getting people psyched up and helping them get into the business or in whether it's construction or whether it's um, investing and just seeing that spark grow is it's honestly so much fun because it makes me feel like what I'm doing is purposeful and what I'm doing is on the right track. So then it makes me feel even more energized. Like, yes, this is, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And um, I'm not wasting time on, on an avenue that I'm, have no business being in. So I would say that's my most exciting. And then seeing those little seeds plant. And like right now I have a couple of my kids' friends that are, um, they're in their twenties and their friends are in their twenties and they're right at that prime spot where they're like, you know, we see what you do all the time. Talk to me. And so now we're getting into the process of getting them investment properties and going through the construction part of it. And it's just, it's so much fun. I just, I like seeing everyone around us flourish. I always say everybody's got to eat. I want everybody eating along with <laughs> us. So I, that's like my favorite part. You do always I talk about make, helping your, your passion being helping make other people find success. And I love that. All those 20 year olds, tell them to buy a duplex and live in half. Okay. That's Literally, what I, I would have done. That's what I would have done. So smart. Yeah, so smart. absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, Mari, for coming on today. You are such an amazing, inspiring human. So thank you for your positive energy and all your vibes today. And um, we appreciate your time and we appreciate you being here. Thank you for yes. having me. It was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye, guys.